The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what Jesus had done began to believe in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin and said, What are we going to do? This man is performing many signs. If we leave him alone, all will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our land and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing, nor do you consider that it is better for you that one man should die instead of the people, so that the whole nation may not perish. He did not say this on his own, but since he was high priest for that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not only for the nation, but also to gather into one the dispersed children of God. So from that day on, they planned to kill him. So Jesus no longer walked about in public among the Jews, but he left for the region near the desert to a town called Ephraim, and there he remained with his disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They looked for Jesus and said to one another, as they were in the temple area, What do you think, that he will not come to the feast? The Gospel of the Lord. So many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what Jesus had done began to believe in him. And others go off to tell the chief priests and the Pharisees what Jesus had done. In John's gospel, there's this sort of division that's constant throughout John's gospel, which is between the Jews and those who had accepted Christ and followed Christ. And as John is writing much later than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he's addressing a current division that's going on among the people. And so there are some who saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. And they're coming to believe in him. And there are others who are afraid of what they might lose if they believe in him. If the people come to believe in him, we're going to lose our nation. If the people come to believe in him, what will be left for me? 
if I really put my faith in Christ, what will I have to give up? Or Jesus, if I really follow you, if I really give you my whole heart, what will I have to give up? If I give you all of myself, are you going to take care of me? Like, that was my prayer for Advent two years ago. If I give you everything, are you going to take care of it? And it's one of those questions that, I mean, we know the answer to, right? Because we know our left brain knows Of course Jesus is going to take care of it because he's Jesus. And yet sometimes our right brain isn't caught up with that. And so our goal is to slow down enough to let that truth really settle into our hearts. That he is going to take care of it. And that he can even work through the kind of division that we experience in our own lives and work through the division that we experience in our families and work through the division that we experience in our culture. Caiaphas speaks up and he says, do you not consider it's better for you that one man should die instead of the people so that the whole nation may not perish? And he's saying this in a very practical way that you're not going to lose everything because if we just kill him, we're going to be fine. And John points out that our Lord, the Lord, God, was working through Caiaphas and speaking through Caiaphas. Because, in fact, one man does die so that the nation might not perish. One person does die so that we all can live. And our Lord goes through his passion, his death, and his resurrection so that we ourselves can live. And even in that division that existed between the Jews and the followers of Jesus, God speaks through that. And he penetrates that and he changes it. And he can do the same thing for us now. That even when our own leaders in our own lives make decisions that may be imprudent or they may not be the right one or we live in a divided country, our Lord still penetrates that and he works through it. And he opens up new possibilities.
know, he opens up new possibilities. You know, in a very practical way, we see that happening even right now. So one of the retreatants was on the phone with me earlier, and they were saying that they were talking to a mom that's in their Bible study. And the mom in her Bible study was like, wow, they should like live stream those retreats all the time because I can't go to a retreat with all these like, like they should be doing this all the time. And I'm, maybe that will be something that happens all the time. And it will be this kind of good thing that comes out of the situation that we're in. And our Lord uses that. I have friends who started live streaming their masses two weeks ago. And some, one of them's in North Carolina. And somebody commented on his Facebook live stream, like, wow, I don't have a church and I'm in this town. Maybe I should go to this church. And our Lord's reaching to people. No, he's reaching to people. And we have this opportunity to be still with him. And in that stillness to recognize his relentless love for us and the relentless way in which he continues to gather his people to himself. The other interesting point that kind of jumped out at me in the gospel reading today is where it says, Jesus no longer walked about in public among the Jews, but he left for the region near the desert to a town called Ephraim. And there he remained with his disciples. And so, again, as our Lord is going into his passion, death, and resurrection, as our Lord is entering into Holy Week. He continues to double back on where he started. Yesterday, he goes to the place where John first baptized. Today, he goes to this town near the desert. As he started, things started at his baptism. And immediately after his baptism, he went to the desert. as if he's going back to the preparation that he had done for his public ministry before entering into the culmination of that public ministry. And so in a certain sense, we imitate him as we go into retreat, because we go into retreat to sort of double back on, okay, where has my relationship been with our Lord? How did I get here? Maybe I need to double back and do some things again because they didn't stick the first time. Or maybe we're just resting in his goodness. You know, and this afternoon we'll have an opportunity to spend some extended time in adoration, kind of doubling back on those things. And, and so, again, somebody asked me earlier, they said, 
So when you go on retreat, it's like therapy and you're just supposed to be like digging through your life and trying to find all these problems. Uh, like, no, it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be that. I have a spiritual directee and recently we were talking and, uh, and so healing ministries are very like dispersed throughout the church right now and it seems to be aware the Lord is reaching lots of people and uh but sometimes young people get caught up caught up in that and they feel like they need to spend all of their time finding wounds to heal and uh and i i said to her this one spiritual director a few weeks ago i said you know you don't have to have problems like it's okay you could just be okay like you don't have to go digging for all your problems if they're there they're gonna surface as you're encountering our lord but you don't have to go like digging through your life trying to find them if you feel like something's off, then we can look around for what might be in the way. And, uh, and then I talked to her maybe a few days ago, and she said, Father, the best thing you said to me was I don't have to have problems. Like, things are okay. And so, like, if you're doing okay, just rest in that and, and spend some time in gratitude with that and, and allow that sense of, like, things are good to settle into your heart. You know, if things are in the way, then we have to find them. We have to look for those. And, uh, and so my preaching style tends to presuppose that something's in the way. Otherwise, we're all saints. But I don't want to freak anybody out that you have to have problems. And when our Lord went to the desert, like he experienced all these temptations. And they're the same kinds of temptations that we experience. And our Lord always has this perfect surrender. And our part is to look to him to learn how to live as he lived and how to love as he loved and how to surrender our lives as he does to the Father. And he's always seeking to help us to do that. And so today, let us pray that, that we recognize the way that our Lord is using this time to make straight the crooked lines of our own life. How our Lord redeems everything and, and he can infuse every situation of our life with his grace. So that every moment of suffering, every moment of division, every moment of confusion, every moment of being misunderstood becomes an invitation to encountering him. an invitation to transformation, or an occasion in which he can manifest his glory and his lordship over our lives.